Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hallelujah. Hello, everyone, everywhere. This is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Hallelujah. It is a blessing to be able to come to you this day through the miracle of the Internet, through the miracle of modern-day technology. We're speaking to people all across this earth. Oh, praise God. What the missionaries and the disciples and the apostles would have done with technology like this. Amen. But God has it here for his end day church. His last day revival before Jesus comes back. That we can share the gospel with the entire planet all at one time. Amen. This is fulfilling scripture. Glory to God. And we are blessed that you're able to join us this day. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and praise you. Lord, your word works every time it's put to use by faith in your name. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask for your blessings upon this broadcast this day, that your word would go forth touching hearts, changing lives all across this planet, that your word would go forth and accomplish what you please and prosper where you send it. Lord, give every listener today ears to hear and hearts to receive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Join me in our confession of faith commonly referred to as the Apostles' Creed. Again, this is the foundation upon which we build each and every sermon that we come to the Lord with to preach. Amen. You have to build on the sure foundation. And I do this every week because I want you to understand these are the bedrock principles. I mean, we're building on a bedrock, glory to God. It's not going anywhere, and it starts right here. Repeat these words after me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. 
And the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits now at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from where he shall come soon to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe the church is the body of Christ. I believe in the communion of saints. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I believe in the resurrection of the body. And I believe in life everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn with me. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 14. We shared last week about Jesus coming to the disciples, walking on the water, and their reaction and all of that, and we're going to continue in that theme today, but with a little different twist to it, amen? But I want to remind you of the, lack of a better word, I'm going to say story, but a story it could be construed as fiction. These are facts related by the disciples. Amen? Things that happened in Jesus' life that they wanted to share with others to prove he was the Son of God and is the Son of God. Amen. Matthew chapter 14, in verse number 15, says, well, matter of fact, we'll skip that. This is talking about the, the miracle of the five loaves. He's showing his disciples who he is the authority he has, that he has the ability to, to minister to thousands of people even when he only has a little bit. He's also teaching them the, the spiritual laws of seed time and harvest. That boy brought his two-piece fish dinner to Jesus, and Jesus fed 5,000 people with it till they were full, and then collected 12 basketfuls of leftovers. Glory to God. And then... He sends the disciples, says, go to the other side of the lake. And the disciples see this storm brewing, and they're fishermen. They know you're not supposed to be out on that lake when weather's like that. But it says he constrained them to go. He forced them to go. So they went. And sure enough, they got stuck out in the middle. The wind was contrary to them. They were rowing as hard as they can. They weren't making any progress. Things looked pretty grim as far as they were concerned. They knew you weren't supposed to be in a boat on a lake like that. And then they look up and they see Jesus walking towards them. And Peter blurted out, Lord, if this is really you, tell me to come to you. So Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat. And that's what we were preaching on last week. If you missed last week's sermon, it was a powerful teaching on this word. And I highly encourage you to go back to our archives and get it at ftfm.org and go to the archives and download it for free and listen to it because it will bless you. Amen. I'm not going to take a lot of time on that because we hit, we hit it hard last week and we were blessed in our study. But Peter got out of that boat. The only disciple who took Jesus at his word. And he walked on the water. 
a lot of preachers will focus on the fact that, oh yeah, he began to sink, and when he sank down, he cried out, and Jesus saved him. And they'll use it as a salvation sermon. And that's okay, amen. But it's more than that. I want you to see that by faith, you only need one word from Jesus. And you can walk on water as well. You can do things nobody else does. Jesus walked on the water. And other than him, Peter is the only other human in recorded history, even to today, that walked on water as well. Why? It's because he was with Jesus. Well, guess what? The Bible says Jesus is what? In you. He makes his abode in you. He's not just with you. He is in you. So why can't you walk on water? Have you ever tried? And you just can't do it to be like some magician or something and, and go down to the local lake and tell the media come down because you're going to walk on water because you know you can and you walk off, off the pier thinking, you know, it's going to hold you up and what's going to happen? Bloop, right down to the bottom as you're trying to show off. See, Jesus was demonstrating to his disciples he had the authority over nature. I mean, John chapter 1 says he was there when all things were created. All things were created by him and without him not one thing was created. It talked about the word and didn't it say down in verse 14 that he's the word made flesh and dwelt among us? So Jesus is demonstrating to the disciples here, nature, he has authority over nature. He has authority over all things. That's the point he's trying to make. Now he rebukes them for their lack of faith. He told Peter, Oh ye of little faith, why did you doubt? You were doing things. You were walking on water, nothing, something that nobody else could ever do. You did it, Peter, because you believed my word. See what he's telling Peter? Look over here, Matthew chapter 14 and verse 31. Well, I'll tell you what, let's, let's read verse 27. Immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it's I. Do not be afraid. See, fear will stop faith. Amen? That's why every time the angels showed up, what's the first thing they told the people they appeared to? Be not afraid, or do not fear. Because fear will stop the anointing in its tracks. And here Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come to you on the water. Now, Jesus could say, it's not me. No, he couldn't say that, because it was really him. And he could say to Peter, Oh, Peter, hold on now, boy. It takes a lot of faith to walk on water. Do you have that kind of faith? If you don't have that kind of faith, you're going to sink to the bottom, boy. So be sure you got that kind of faith. See, that's what you hear in a lot of churches from a lot of pastors today. You may have a word from the Lord to do a mighty work. 
And then you try and share it with other pastors, trying to get them on board, to come into agreement with you, and maybe to help you out. I go, well, you know, are you sure you heard from God on this? You know, I mean, that's not a very good idea. You know, if you got to do this, that, and the other thing, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty far-fetched. You better be careful about that faith stuff. See, I've heard it too. When the Lord told us to, to believe Him to buy an AM FM radio station serving the Washington, D.C. market to be the voice of God over Washington, D.C. I've shared that with people. And a lot of them are real gracious. They'll smile real big. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Okay, see you later. And they turn around and leave. You get others that say, well, now, uh, you know, a radio station is kind of old-fashioned, you know, and uh, you just might not want to go down that road. It's very expensive, and there's a lot of things that you have to have, and, you know, you, you, why don't you just stick with the Internet, you know? You can do that, and it's not that expensive, and, and you know, you just, just, just work over there and do that. See, they didn't hear from God. You did. I did. When the Lord spoke that to me, it is part of my being. When the Lord spoke that word to me about buying that radio station, it's just like he told Peter here. Come. And because this was such a, or is such a huge undertaking, I even asked the Lord, for lack of a better word, a fleece. And he provided it to me. Immediately. I mean literally one second after I asked for it. It arrived. Want me to tell you what it was? Okay, I'll be real simple. I told the Lord. I said, Lord, this is a very, very expensive undertaking. And before I commit time, prayer, and resources to this, I want to know it's of you. And forgive me for doing this, but I'm going to ask you for a fleece. I specifically sold it. I said, Lord, you got to show me that people will give into this work that we can obtain the required finances to go forward with this. And as I was praying that word, as I was praying what I just explained to you, my computer went ding, which meant I got an email. And I continued on my prayer, and I was, I was, because I was in my prayer session. I don't check emails while I'm praying. When I finished, probably 20 minutes later, I went check my email, see what it was, and someone had sent an offering into this ministry. I get an email when that happens, Amen. So I can pray. I, I do that so I can pray over your seed. When you sow a seed into this ministry, I pray over it immediately. Amen. And that's what this was. I got an email. Someone had sown seed into this ministry. Someone I did not know. Someone I still don't know to this day. But the Spirit of the Lord moved on their heart, and they were on our website as I was praying, and they sowed a seed according to what God told them to do. And it was a good seed. 
But what the Lord was showing me as I was praying, remember, as I was praying, I asked that you would show me that you would move on people's hearts, that they would sow into this ministry financially, because it's going to take a lot of finances to buy this radio station. And that's what I asked the Lord. I said, before I commit time, prayer, and resources to doing this, you got to show me that you will have people give. And as I prayed that, my computer went ding. It was instantaneous. One second after I prayed, God had given me that fleece. Well, that was a coincidence. Well, I don't believe in coincidences. Amen. And that's what I'm trying to show you right here. When you stand on the Word of God, you can't help but be successful. That's what Peter did. He said, Lord, if it's really you, command me to come. What else could Jesus do? It was him. And he has been working all day on building up their faith. And here he sees Peter have just enough faith. Jesus says, come on, boy. And Peter got out of that boat. There were 11, at least 11 other disciples in that boat. I mean, there might have been some other people in there too. And they're still in the boat. And Peter's walking on water. Doesn't say any of the others tried to get out of that boat and follow him. But you know they were talking. I bet they were saying, Peter, what are you doing, boy? Get back in this boat. We don't believe you can walk on water. We're not that kind of church. We're not that kind of church where we believe miracles can happen. Get back in this boat, boy. You hear that and see that in a lot of denominations today. They refuse to believe the miraculous. Oh, now when a miracle happens, oh, yes, Amon, that was a miracle. Glory to God Almighty. But they don't expect it. They're not in a spirit of expectancy. Amen. I'm not going to name the denominations, but this happens in a lot of churches in America today. They refuse and reject the power of the Holy Spirit that's available to them. There are churches that still hold invitations and invite people to come down to the front for prayer. Yes, there are. Not as many as there was 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 50 years ago because of this purpose-driven church crap. Well, you don't want to put pressure on people. We don't want to, you know, they, they may not want to, to show everyone that they need prayer. Well, how are they going to know to pray for them? Well, we don't want to talk about sin because that may be offensive to them. It's only offensive to them if they're in sin. And that's the purpose, is to offend them to the point. Do you, do you know why... Do you know why God gave the law, the Ten Commandments? You see, oh Lord, where's it at? I want to say it's in Romans. Let me see if I can find it real fast. This is not part of my 
my sermon. But uh, if I can't find it here in about 10 seconds, I'll just tell you what it says. The uh, glory to God. The law was given to Moses. Amen. And prior to the law, there was there was sin, but prior to the law, there was no imputing of the word of the sin. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, prior to the law. It was not, sin was not imputed to man. In other words, it wasn't put on their account. Amen? Because there was no law against sinning. It was just taken for, for granted. And let's see. There it is. Romans 5.13. Let's go to Romans 5.13. There it is. Okay. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed where there is no law. Sin is not put on a person's account when there is no law. That's why you see uh, people with multiple wives. Amen. That's why you see Abraham giving his wife to be in the harem of the king so that he can have so that the king can have sexual relations with Sarai Abraham's wife although she was his half sister i mean later on in Leviticus that is an abomination to god that a man should take his half sister as his wife that's an abomination to god it's sin but yet Abraham did it and it was okay. Why? Because there was no law given that said anything against it. There was God's morality, but that was not given to man. Amen? That where there was no law, until the law, sin was in the world. God is acknowledging there was sin in the world from Adam up to Moses. Amen? From Adam to Moses, there was sin, yes. But there was no law that imputed the sin to the individual accounts. Amen? And then verse 14, Romans 5, 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Death was still in the world. People were still dying. The... Wages of sin is death. Adam's sin. From that point on, sin was in the earth. But notice, Adam lived like 635 years, and Moses, I mean, uh, Noah lived a, you know, 600 years. That was the norm. Abraham, 100 years old, had a child. That was not normal. Amen. Sarai giving birth at 90. That was not normal. So from Adam to Abraham, 
death had taken such a hold, life expectancies were starting to drop. Now Abraham's death, I mean his his life was normal as far as he lived, you know, a hundred and some odd years. That was considered normal. But having a baby at that age was not. Amen. But as Abraham lived, death still reigned. But sin was not put on his account. Amen. And he offered Isaac as a sacrifice to God. And God stopped him from killing Isaac. That through Abraham, the entire world could be saved through his seed. Amen. So here, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned like Adam had sinned. And Adam is the figure of him that was to come. Amen. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense, through one offense that Adam committed, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Christ Jesus, and that's abounded unto many. Amen? And not as if, not as, not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. Everybody's condemned to death because of the sin of Adam. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Through Jesus, you are justified, hallelujah, before God. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Amen. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all unto justification. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one many shall be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Amen. What he's saying here, from Adam to Moses, there was still sin in the world. But it was not imputed. It was not put on man's account. Each individual's account. Moses brought the law from God. Went up to the mountain and God said, Alright, sin is abounding in the world. And I cannot associate with sin. People are thinking... They have their own righteousness that allows them to live forever. But they're deceived. They're trying to get to heaven on their own merits. Sounds like some people today. Oh, I'm a good man. You know, I, I give to the church. I go to church. I don't go to church all the time, but I, I go, you know, once a month or a couple times a year anyway. And, 
you know, I don't cuss, don't drink, don't chew, don't date girls that do. And they think by their own righteousness, God's going to say, pat them on the back, say, okay, you did a good job, come on in. doesn't work that way. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.